welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we are going to be looking at the case of JALA and Shell International Trading and Shipping Company Limited. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 16. In this case that we're looking at this week does touch on environmental law and protections, but at its heart is all about the technical application of claims under tort law. The incident that forms the subject of these proceedings was an oil leak that took place on the 20th of December 2011 at 3 o'clock in the morning on an oil field located 120 kilometres off the coast of Nigeria. The leak lasted for about six hours and it is estimated that around 40,000 barrels of crude oil leaked into the ocean. The defendant in this claim is the Shell Oil Company who own the oil field. Meanwhile, the claimants are two Nigerian citizens who allege that the oil reached the shoreline, has had a devastating impact on the environment, and crucially for this case, has not been removed or cleaned up since. However, it is important to note that these proceedings are not actually about the merits of this claim itself. Instead, the claimants attempted to make amendments to their claim form and the particulars of their claim more than six years after the oil spill. That period of six years is important because the limitation period of claims in English tort law is six years. With this in mind, the defendants argued that the amendments were out of time and should not be allowed, while the claimants responded by arguing that the oil spill represents a continuing undue interference with the land. And because the oil has never actually been cleaned up, there is a continuing cause of action for the tort of private nuisance, and the six-year time limit begins afresh each day. This dispute made its way before the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. Now, the justices did begin with a caveat. They acknowledged that there were a lot of unknowns in the wider case, such as the extent of the damage to the Nigerian coastline, or whether there is an actionable tort when the nuisance emanates from the sea. Nevertheless, the justices accepted that the claimants did have a case, and sought to deal with the question about limitation periods on that basis. Private nuisance, as a tort, is committed where the activity of a defendant, or a state of affairs caused by the defendant, unduly interferes with the use and enjoyment of the land of the claimant. A claim of private nuisance is only actionable when there is proof of damage, but that requirement can be satisfied not only via physical damage to land, buildings or vegetation, but also via the impact of noise, smoke, smells, or, as we saw in the recent case of Fern and Board of Trustees of the Tate Gallery that we covered on the podcast, simply overlooking the claimant's property. The idea of a continuing nuisance that comes up in this case is therefore pretty self-explanatory, as it is a repeated activity by the defendant, or an ongoing state of affairs for which the defendant is responsible, which causes continued undue interference with the use and enjoyment of the claimant's land. Now, the interference might be identical or similar each day, but the important factor here is that it is continuing on a regular basis. To give an example, if there was a factory that was producing an acrid smoke each day, that would be sufficient to constitute a regular nuisance. However, in this case, the justices held that oil still being on the Nigerian coastline is not enough for a continuing nuisance. The reason is that there is no continuing activity by the defendants, 
or an ongoing state of affairs that was causing an undue interference with the claimant's use of the land. To put it another way, the oil spill was a one-off event, and it was on this date that the cause of action accrued for the claimants. As such, the appeal was unanimously rejected. I think that when it comes to these types of cases, it is very tempting to just side with the underdog who is taking on a big corporation like Shell. But I think that the Supreme Court is right here. If the argument by the claimant was accepted at face value, then it would have the effect of allowing the limitation period to continue indefinitely until after the land is restored following the oil spill. In other words, the start date of the claim would never properly crystallise and would be surrounded in uncertainty because it is open to interpretation when the land is deemed to be restored or when the oil spill is said to be truly cleaned up. Now, some might respond to that and say that Shell should have a responsibility to clean up their mess and that they should remain liable until they do take such action. That is a tempting line of reasoning, but there is a good reason why legal action is subject to time limits. For defendants, whether they are businesses or individuals, the time limits offer a degree of certainty about what they may be held liable for. If a business has legal action hovering above them for an extended or even indefinite period of time, then that can affect financial decisions made by a company and can hinder growth or even just the normal operations of an enterprise. Even for claimants, the limitation periods ensure some sort of resolution to a case within a certain time, and they benefit the legal system in general because it means proceedings are not allowed to drag along through the courts over years and years, as would have been the case if the appeal had been allowed here. It is important to account for genuine continuing nuisances, but judges also have to be strict when it comes to limitation periods. If an action in tort can crystallise on a specific date, then it should do so in order for things to move along. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter I talked a little bit about the government's um, heavy retreat from the retained EU law bill and what that might mean and what some of the um, remaining concerns are around that piece of proposed legislation. If that sounds like stuff you're interested in then do be sure to check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!